What's on the horizon for financial markets? At PGIM, it's a question that over 1,400 investment professionals relentlessly research in pursuit of your long-term goals. Specialized across asset classes, but united in collaboration, our teams provide global and local expertise. Our investments shape tomorrow, today. Pursue your tomorrow with PGIM, a leading global asset manager. Little chilly, but it is. Welcome back to Davos. This week, you're in for special episodes of Squawk Pod from the World Economic Forum in the Swiss Alps. It's worth it. It is. We get meters. We'll make it. First up, an interview with Ray Dalio, the founder of Bridgewater, one of the world's largest hedge funds, is sharing his market perspective. You can't look at the markets as a whole, right? right? You have to look at the pieces. Then you have to look at different countries. He's weighing geopolitical and economic risks, and he's offering one framing question to help you manage it all. Do you know what your neutral position is? Best to be prepared, he says. I find that the markets right now are not either super attractive or super unattractive, generally speaking, aside from the politics. And so you're gonna come into this environment where there's gonna be greater risk I'm CNBC producer Cameron Costa. Squawk Pod reports Bridgewater founder Ray Dalio begins right now. It's that time of year again. For the 54th year, world leaders convene in the snowy Swiss Alpine village of Davos for the World Economic Forum. We sometimes ask, why outside? This is oh, why. Oh, because it's beautiful. It's a snow and star-studded scene. World leaders like Ukraine President Vladimir Zelensky, French President Emmanuel Macron, even China's second-in-command Li Qiang, they're all there. CEOs are there too, like OpenAI's Sam Altman, Intel's Pat Gelsinger, JP Morgan's Jamie Dimon, and many others also show up. You might even hear some of those voices on this podcast later this week. They're all coming together under this year's Davos theme, which is rebuilding trust. It feels appropriate. Geopolitically, there's a lot going on. Taiwan's new president, elected just this weekend, will now navigate a tenuous relationship with China. Wars in Ukraine and Gaza wage on. Argentina's president is new and controversial. He'll be at Davos too. Now, each year at the World Economic Forum, these high-profile leaders weigh in on the melee of geopolitics and economics that make our world turn. Our next guest is a great place to start. Ray Dalio is the founder and longtime co-CIO of one of the world's largest hedge funds, Bridgewater. He's now a CIO mentor there, but he's way more than a hedge funder. He's long been an investor and a traveler in China. He even attended a dinner with Presidents Biden and Xi last year. Dalio sat down with CNBC Squawk Box anchors Joe Kernan, Becky Quick, and Andrew Ross Sorkin on the Squawk Box set in Davos between the many on and off the record meetings and dinners and panels with all the other leaders that are there. Here's Andrew kicking off their conversation. It's great to see you uh, on day one here. Um, We always talk about crises, and there are a lot of crises and a lot of folks who are involved in crises that are here, uh, if you will, uh, the president of Israel's uh, uh, going to be getting here, I believe, on Wednesday. President Zelensky, who I think you saw this morning, uh, is here. Uh, we have Anthony Blinken, who's here trying to sort through uh, some of these things. And the premier of China is here. 
And there are all of these sort of various cross currents that are taking place. And I'm curious how you think that is going to weigh. And I've been reading you on LinkedIn now because you've been writing lots about what happens in the midst of these geopolitical crises, but how to think about the economy in, in that context. Well, uh, I think, as you know, I, I think there are five major forces that repeated through history, and those are the debt money economic right. force, the internal conflict force, which is the big uh, conflict in terms of the elections and so on, the external geopolitical force, right. which is the struggle for the control of the world order, the climate issue throughout history, climate has killed more people than anything in it. It's, Lord knows it's bigger force now. Um, and then, of course, technology. Right. And so we have all of these forces coming together in 2024. So if we look at them individually and you put them together, they each affect each other. Right. right? The, pre the presidential right. election mm -hmm. and will the will affect the markets and then the markets will also affect the amount of money that we're spending on wars will have an effect and they are all coming together. I think that 24 will be a pivotal year because when we meet next year at right. this time, we will be able to look back on particularly the internal conflict force and particularly the uh, geopolitical force okay, so historically, and see if that's a Historically, when there's lots of uncertainty, it's usually actually the best time to buy. Well, it depends. Right? Uh, so I think it's more complicated than that. I think the markets, um, closely for the Magnificent Seven, you know, you can't look at the markets as a whole, right? right? You have to look at the pieces. And so, and then you have to look at different countries. And so the pricing, as we had the move down to 4% bond yields, mm -hmm. and then you have the movement to in equities, particularly those countries, uh, those companies, that they're no longer as cheap as they were before, right? So I think, let's say we start with a bond yield, mm -hmm. start with an inflation rate, then add in a real rate. If you, so we are, I think that the inflation rate is in the vicinity, likely to be in the vicinity of three, three and a half percent. We have to start with that. Then you have to add in a real yield, which is between one and two percent. So we're talking about something when you get to a four percent bond yield, you don't, that's no longer a really attractive rate. And then if you go beyond the bond yield and you say uh, uh, the bond yield, of course, affects everything. And it's also going to affect what the economy is going to be like this year. Right. Because we have to roll right. over debts and right. higher interest rates and so on. So I think if you look at that particular thing, by any measures, it's not um, it, 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 it's not cheap. OK, none, none the of markets the markets are cheap. cheap. OK, so the pricing here we are is different than the, the environment. You can't just look at the environment. Then you look at what is priced into a market. Right? Right. So if we're looking at the politics, the geopolitics, I don't think that those risks are priced in because it's a difficult thing to play right. in for a market participant. How do you deal with that? Uh, and so that uncertainty isn't priced in. Neither is the geopolitical. Right. Maybe if you go to China, the prices are priced in because of the right. circumstances. Okay, in let me China. ask you then polit the, the, the political ramifications on the market. If, if President Biden wins a second term, Good for the market, bad for the market. If former President Trump wins a second term, good for the market, bad for the market. I think they're both threatening for the markets. Both are threatening for the markets. <laughs> okay. So there's okay. no alternative. But well, it's a bad which, which, is the better, which is the better of the bad no, no, alternatives, no, 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 if well, that's well, the case? Let me, let me say why. Okay? okay. Our big worry, I think, our biggest worry, is whether we're going to accept, whether both sides will accept 
the circumstances, not just the election, whether they will go with the election, but whether they will accept the decisions. Even today, we deal with the question of, does the Supreme Court rule? Is there an acceptance of those differences? Will each live the lives mm -hmm. that the others want them to live? And we're coming into an environment where even politics is made as a political weapon um, mm -hmm. so that we're now having fights. So even if you take um, what the extreme left and the extreme right are at risk, if we take um, Biden, he will not be president likely. I mean, most people will think that he may not uh, be the strong president throughout his term. Mm. Then we're dealing with another part of the Democratic Party. Mm. And, and then the same. You mean you're a Kamala saying, Harris. You're, you're saying uh, a uh, Kamala Harris. Uh, uh, and, and, and a more. There is a great conflict between the left and the right. And, and, you, okay? and you're putting her and in a more progressive camp. Then that would be more progressive. And that and I think that you would see a more progressive Democratic Party. OK. OK. So now you have a more progressive Democratic Party and you have a more progressive um, or, uh, excuse me, conservative, nationalistic mm. uh, party in which the political fight itself is an important thing. So the question is um, how we get through this in a way where we have sensible governance or do we have irreconcilable differences over many things? Um, living standards. It's not it's not just money, although taxes will enter into it. So the taxes that will come out of this protectionism that comes out of it, nationalism, a support for other countries, all of that will be different. But also it has to do with even how you raise your children in terms of the, these these types right. of balances. Right. You just boil that down to an investor's point of view. If, if we're at a higher risk for the market, no matter what happens, if either of those two candidates win, and you don't like the payment you're getting for U.S. Treasuries, what do you do? I think the question is, do you know what your neutral position is? Like, like I find that the markets right now are not um, either super attractive or super unattractive, generally speaking, aside from the politics. And so you're going to come into this environment where there's going to be greater risk, particularly taking that factor and, right. the, G and the world factor. Right. right. And so then what is your neutral position? I have a neutral portfolio. OK, my neutral portfolio is a diversified portfolio that I won't take the time to get into. But I, uh, you go closer to your neutral portfolio. Right. Um, let me ask you another question. A neutral portfolio right. doesn't emphasize cash is always people think you go closer to cash. That's yeah. not right, because cash is a trashy investment over a long period of time. Yeah. Right. But what is balance? How do you balance that portfolio? You go to neutral. You should right. know what your neutral portfolio is and go closer let you, to Let me ask you a different question. Uh, give, give, uh, given how much time you spent in China, and we were mentioning earlier the premier of China is going to be here. I don't know if you're going to have an opportunity mm -hmm. to meet with him. Uh, but do you anticipate something happening with Taiwan? Given, given the election that just happened in Taiwan, given that that party has talked about Trying to trying to ultimately be independent of some sort. What do you think happens? One, um, I do not. I think that there can be a demonstration of concerns that will um, be more cosmetic than there will be reality. There's important changes have taken place. Um, when I was there last March, and uh, and since then they were not on talking terms. And there was a big, big risk of uh, crossing red lines. And particularly when we have elections here, which creates also more antagonism. That's changed ever since um, there was the build up to the APAC agreement and so on. There is communication now that's quality communication 
about how to deal with such things. So that there's a likelihood there will be a delegation that will go over there. But the red line is, um, are we in favor of independence of Taiwan? So I think that you're going to have very, very careful wording by the United States that makes very clear that they are not in favor. That in, but it's strategic ambiguity. It's still pretty uh, uh, ambiguous. Uh, well, you but, Loud and clear. Right. Yeah. The wording is going. You right. note the wording Wait, changes. You agree with the this? wording changes. Would you agree with this? We we have the greatest system of government ever since the beginning of time. The Constitution and the Bill of Rights, and it, there are a lot of safeguards built in. And as Churchill said, when it comes down to it, we try everything else, but we eventually do the right thing. The strength of our people, the strength of of this country, will will prevail. And I mean, can can we say that here in Davos? And not uh, everyone uh, else can. Uh, uh, I, th I think absolutely that you can say, and but you also must say, don't take that for granted. Right. Okay. Right. Because there are things that are going on now that are threatening to that. Right. Okay. And we see those things. But we've been through. We've been through. No, but I think times, the question probably. is, we, we, who is we? My generation, my, my, yeah. my parents' generation, and those who went with, through the war and so on. Yeah. That was the greatest generation. No doubt. My generation, unfortunately, got deeply in debt, built the right. broke down the infrastructure, had problems of educating uh, pervasive the population, right. have po poverty right. and so on, and a lot of issues, and can't work well with each other. Right. And so the question, uh, the system is a one. Well, now you're system. making me. Do, now we got the millennials and Generation X. The, the so how to, they're going to be the ones that the save us? The question is, we the system is fine. How are we going to behave with each other? Yep. How are we right. going to behave with each other? Can we work it out? Or mm. are we, as we're going into this environment, in a situation where, you know, congressional committees of each other okay. is going to do political Bigger risk, right? So internal or China? Excuse me? Bigger risk. Internal United States or China? I, uh, I, internal is, is the bigger risk. I don't think so. Okay. No, I, I think it's China. Okay, that's okay. We could disagree. <laughs> okay. okay. I, if we, the we most important thing is that we are strong. And that we work well together. Right. Our greatest risk is not China. Okay. Our greatest risk is ourselves. Okay. Because if we can pervasively, as a, a group of people, where most of the people benefit from that productivity, and we educate our people well, and we are strong, that is what is going to make us great. And that is what the risk is. That's right. what we're facing. All right. We all look around and we all know that. Ray Dalio, thank you, sir. Thank you. Appreciate it. Hello, I'm Laura Castleton, U.S. Head of Portfolio Construction and Strategy at Janice Henderson Investors. Is a brighter future possible? At Janice Henderson, we think it is. For 90 years, we've worked to help clients achieve superior financial outcomes and fulfill our purpose of investing in a brighter future together. We know that this means our thinking and our investments are helping to shape millions of brighter futures for the next 90 years and beyond. To learn more, go to JaniceHenderson.com. From pit lane to podium, the Las Vegas Grand Prix is providing fans a race day experience at the speed they deserve with the help of T-Mobile for Business. Our 5G advanced network solutions are powering race day operations with event-wide connectivity. From streamlined gate entry to an immersive app, giving fans blazing fast access to the sport they love. This is accelerating innovation. This is the Las Vegas Grand Prix with T-Mobile for Business. Take your business further at T-Mobile.com slash now.
Thank you for listening to this special Squawk Pod Reports. Squawk Box is hosted by Joe Kernan, Becky Quick, and Andrew Ross Sorkin. Squawk Pod is produced by me, Cameron Costa, Katie Kramer, who's on the ground in Switzerland this week, and Caroline Rahotis. John Lazration is our editor. Have a great day. From their innovative practice facility to unmatched views from the fairway, the PGA of America is helping lower scores and elevate fan experiences with 5G solutions from T-Mobile for Business. Together, we're using AI-powered analytics to expand coaching tools and bringing fans closer to the pros with 5G-connected cameras. This is game-changing innovation. This is the PGA of America with T-Mobile for Business. Take your business further at T-Mobile.com slash now.